What's up, pals? Welcome to episode 173 of Super Nerd Pals. I'm your host, Andy. And I'm your other host, Chris. Uh, it's been about a and month. And we're just so mind-fucked we're, that yes. <laughs> the Warhammer episode was three years ago. We were, we were prepping, quote-unquote prepping, for this episode. And then Andy uh, looked us up on Google. And the second hit on the top of the Google SEO page search is a link to Stitcher for the Warhammer episode, which was three years ago. There's also two links here from iHeartRadio, and it's our podcast, which I didn't even know we were on iHeartRadio. Uh, I, I get, well, I mean, we, we, we and both of them RSS are episodes of Wonderful. Both of them are episodes of Wonderful, which was mine and Zach's spinoff for Pokemon Snap. Zach, we miss you. I know Zach was uh, messaging us uh, earlier this week or last week. One of those weeks where uh, Zach wants to do a new show and I think we should do it. Uh, We're not going to tease it yet because we don't want to bury the lead. But we miss Zach. I think I Zach blew my mind also the other uh, the other week, where he said it's been like a year hiatus since he took off from like Wonder Wonder yeah. or podcasting generals. Like that is insane. But uh, he's doing great right now. I know he's uh uh he's been working at a board game cafe for like at least a year. I mean obviously he's uh doing safe social distancing right now. But one of the perks of working for a board game cafe he has all the board games at home and i know he was <laughs> i know he was he he uh he posted a a photo yesterday of him playing the trogdor board game and it's really fun apparently so good for zach dude i miss zach i miss recording with zach i haven't recorded with ryan in a while too i know we we need to get her on actually i mean i think you i think you you provided the perfect segue you know, because the new Resident Evil game, uh, that's out, and, uh, you know, we're big fans of horror, and I'm not quite sure if Rai has ever played any of the remakes of the Resident Evil games, but she has a PS4, so that's our way in, Andy. Anyway, that was, that's how, that's how, that's how this entire tangent happened. You were asking me about Resident Evil 3, and I haven't played it yet, but I want to so badly. Please tell me all the deets. Tell me your Dude, initial the game, thoughts. Uh, the game is so good. It's so short. <laughs> Real, like, so I I was told like they cut out significant parts of like the original game. Is that correct? Yeah, some some, not a lot. Uh, there's no choice making, so there's no double ending. Oh, that's weird. Uh, there's no. You play as Carlos a lot less. Um. You only play for two segments, which, if you know what you're doing, could both be done in, like, 15 minutes. You could beat the game if you know what you're doing in under an hour. That's... Which is nuts. That's crazy. Like, like, it, wait, is it... Was it spec to be, what, like a 20, 20 hour game? Or is it not even that long? That's wild. No. That's wild. Uh, if you don't know what you're doing, you can beat the game in three hours. How how long was um, uh, RE two remake? Was that is it that short? I think it was a little longer. I think it was like maybe five or six hours. Okay, huh? Um, I think if you rushed through it and you knew what you were doing, you could you could also beat it in an hour. Uh, this game, like its original counterpart, is uh more action based than than puzzles. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, RE three wasn't supposed to be RE3. Originally, it was supposed to be Resident Evil 2.5, but uh, they gave it the 3 title. Code Veronica was supposed to be the original 3. So that's why they kind of had to change the story around to match RE2. Despite the the length of the game, uh, you enjoyed it? You think it was a faithful recreation? Oh yeah, I love it. I do have my little dislikes give me those hot takes Andy. but they're they're very minor so one i don't like hunters they're annoying fuck them are those the like the stronger versions of the liquors or is that or am i thinking something different no hunters are the um are the like lizard monsters 
So there's the hunters and then the hunter gammas. The hunter gammas are like fish monsters. <laughs> Classic Resident Evil. Yeah, but the the regular hunters, they could kill you in one hit. Mm-hmm. They have a one hit kill move. And this is on any difficulty. Really? Wow. Yeah. Jeez. You only really fight them in, in the hospital. It's, it's still kind of annoying. There is a part with Carlos where you have to survive. And it's a very smallish area. And if you corner yourself by accident, the hunter will one hit kill you. And what else? But Andy, you're you're pro gamer. You, you never got killed ever, did you? <laughs> Oh, no, I did. (laughs) There was one part of the game where every time I kept redoing it, no matter what happened, the hunter always killed me with one hit. That sucks. And this was like for four or five times in a row. It was terrible. Are hunters hard to kill? Do they have like high armor, high HP, or something? I guess they have higher HP than zombies. You could kill it with headshots, but if you get a critical headshot, it like bursts open their face, and then you have to get another critical headshot, so you essentially have to get two to kill them. They're not too, too bad, but they could be annoying when they're like one hit killing you every time. And what else? I was I was going to say something else, but I completely forgot what it was. You were too- oh, oh, Nemesis. Nemesis. All right, tell me. Tell me. Uh, is Nemesis more terrifying with M- the Mr. X? I assume how, assume so, because he's got a, a freaking Gatling gun. Uh. <laughs> he, so he is at first, and then you realize grenades are his greatest weakness. Oh, no. <laughs> and the blast radius for grenades in this game are ridiculous. So you can throw a grenade, and it'll knock him down for about 30, 40 seconds, and that gives you enough time to, like, 30, 40 seconds do what you gotta do. That's a lot of yeah. action. Wow. It gives you enough time to do what you gotta do. So, um, that's probably another one of my only gripes is that Nemesis is too easy to take down. Even on hard mode? Which I didn't think I'd be saying. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, one grenade knocks him down. That, that, why, that seems weird. Cause like, that's the entire premise is like an unstoppable killing machine like stalks throughout the series. Well, I will say grenades are very scarce, so... In the easier difficulties, you can find them very easily. I think uh, by the time I fought Nemesis for the first time, not fought him like boss battle, but when he started chasing me, uh, I had about four or five grenades. So I had them just stockpiled waiting for him. Well, I was originally, I was going to throw as many grenades as possible at him until he got knocked down. But then I found out one knocks him down. Okay, yeah, save them grenades. Wow. Um, do you know why they nerfed him, or what? Were, do you have any theories about that? Or I just that seems strange to me. He does a great deal of damage, so I guess it it makes him like a glass cannon almost. Um, I guess they didn't want to make him so overpowered that you can't play the game, but. He is to the point where on the easier difficulty, if he punches you once, you you might be in like danger uh danger mode. And if he punches you again, you'll be in critical. I know in the harder difficulties, one punch can kill you. He's basically Saitama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanna I wanna get I wanna let's put a pin in that. I wanna go back to Saitama uh, later. <laughs> we, we gotta finish. We gotta finish Resident Evil Three. Um. So even even despite the, these nerves, Nemesis is still terrifying. Oh yeah, you can lose him. Like you can walk into a building, and you're like, "Oh, he's not following me anymore." And then you walk outside, and then the camera force pans towards where Nemesis is coming from. Oh really? And you see him like crawling down from like subway tracks. Really? That's so cool. Yeah, it's crazy. Or like he'll randomly you'll you'll be running through an alley and he'll jump past you to cut you off. Yeah, yeah it's sick. How's the AI for Nemesis? Because uh, he's he's come from a long line of uh, unstoppable game bosses that you can't kill. Like uh, like Alien Day four twenty six just happened not too long ago, and um, I was uh, rewatching videos of Alien Isolation. 
and like you know the xenomorph is like one of the most terrifying things i've seen in game history because like the ai for that is programmed really really well uh so i was curious like what were your thoughts on uh this iterations in nemesis like intelligence his ai is smart um i'm trying to think of so like you can get an infinite rpg and if you shoot it at him at wrong times he'll dodge the rockets he's if you're running and he can't catch up to you he'll use his tentacles to like pull you close to him i mean you can like dodge roll kind of away from his attacks but i feel like it's a pretty smart ai He'll follow you, disappear, and then just pop up when you're in the middle of doing something. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm just laughing right now because, like, as you're talking about this, I think it was it was the same weekend that RE3 remake dropped. Uh, just for the hell of it, because it was on Netflix. I started I started watching Resident Evil Apocalypse. Um. <laughs> Listen, I I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I love, I love the Resident Evil movies. Just how bad and good they are, and like, I love how they gave their version of Nemesis a tragic backstory because like, it was um, Mila Jovovich's uh, friend who got started getting infected at the last movie, and then and uh, by the end. Uh, she like gives him like a mercy killing because he started he started reconnecting with his humanity and recognized uh, Alice. And I was like, oh my god, this movie's so cheesy, but I love it. Uh, that movie's that movie's great. It has a, a really ensemble cast, and it's just it's just. Listen, oh, I don't give so a fuck what anybody says. I love the Resident Evil movies, with the exception of Extinction. That movie is hot garbage. Yeah. Um. um I don't know. I, they're they're just good. Hollywood summer I get why movies. people are like upset and like oh I don't like this movie it doesn't match the expectations of the games but it's not supposed to it's it's mindless at action at no point at no point was the first game only in Umbrella's underground layer yeah <laughs> it's just it's an excuse to like see zombies on screen and see Mila Jovovich kick ass and look good while doing it and it's just it's just mindless fun and I love it I love those movies so I was legitimately having a great time watching Apocalypse when <laughs> RE3 came out I was like this this movie's great I we did <laughs> <laughs> I I can't wait because they're supposed to be rebooting the movies are you serious Yo, wait, yeah. with, with, with Someone, Mila. Mila's as soon back. as <laughs> no, as soon as the last one came out, I think an article was like spawning that someone bought the rights to remake the Resident Evil movies. It was Disney, Disney, <laughs> Disney. <Pop. laughs> I don't know about Disney, <laughs> but if it is Disney, I I want my boy Donald Glover, Donald Glover. to be the main character. Hell yeah. That'd be that'd be dope. And then, uh, oh, we were just talking about community. You just have Senior Chang shows up. <laughs> Senior Chang's like the 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 IT guy. He's like, he's what if this is man. the community movie that the Russo brothers are doing? Oh wait, is that actually happening? Or I thought or... Uh, I heard, I read that there was like rumors that one of the Russo brothers confirmed the community movie coming out. Oh, that's so cool. Um, it was supposed to come out like years ago, but. It got put on the back burner. Yeah, but I love how, like, uh, Donald Glover and Senior Chang... But it makes sense for it to be... So, it makes sense for it to be Resident Evil with Disney with Donald Glover. Yes. Because it's secretly the community movie. Yes. Yes, it's a backdoor community. Uh, Yes, I like it. I don't know if you got to it, but there is actually an episode where there's, like, a zombie-esque outbreak. Uh oh god like so I I only watched like the first maybe season and a half or two seasons so I don't I all the episodes are blurring together and this is before it was on Netflix so I need to like rewatch it again um oh. I don't so I don't recall the zombie episode I I I should um I know there's like a the the episodes that are sticking out most of my mind right now obviously like 
the the paintball episode or like wherever uh and like senior chank goes out with like this giant <laughs> rapid fire uh paintball machine gun which was really cool um and then the D episode and then the one episode where um glover and uh, abed um they start making a giant pillow fort <laughs> throughout the entire campus <laughs> uh yeah but I mean, let's jump to that. Like, so you've been watching the <laughs> community, uh, and this is your first run through, right? Oh yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a super late bloomer to the show. I mean, I understand how important and amazing it is, and um, I I don't quite recall. First of all, I had no idea that this show was a Russo project. Yeah, I mean, which is wild to me. Like, I I didn't know that either, and like, I think one of the things that I found out about it or the, the reason why i found out it was a research project to begin with is because like uh donna glover senior chang they made cameos in like i, I forget yeah there, there's there's definitely a, a cameo of donna glover in the winter soldier and then in infinity infinity yeah it was no it was endgame yeah it was endgame like senior chang plays the attendant of the the storage unit where ant-man uh pops up because he, he pops out of the van into nor- out of the oh yeah yeah, yeah. And he, and then, he uh, was the just reading like uh, with like the, the security guard yeah. it was really cool um also abed is in the winter soldier that's right wait he was it wasn't he a technician on he was the, like a scientist or something yeah so cool anyway so, sorry I got this and shot. then not only that but donald glover also plays um in the spider-man homecoming yeah, he, he he plays. Is uh... it Homecoming? No, not. Yeah, he's a voice. He's a voice. Yeah, Homecoming. No, he's not a voice. Um, he's oh, the one that Spider-Man interrogates in. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. And actually, that's it's really Spider-Man wild. interrogates him in the uh, parking garage. Exactly, and it's wild because like uh, I I erroneously mentioned sp- like Spider Verse, but. Um, without Glover, we wouldn't have Miles Morales. Like the whole, whole entire story with that was Donald Glover. I, I I don't remember it was on an episode of Community or like on the set of Community or something. Um, but uh, Donald Glover said he wanted to play Spider Man. Uh, and then there was an outcry on the internet. And then one of the and then Mark Bernardin, who co-hosts with Kevin Smith on Fat Man Beyond. He wrote like a, a, a an article op ed piece of, uh, arguing why there should be a black Spider Man, and that went viral. And then was it was it Brian uh, Brian Michael Bendis? Uh, he was like, yeah, you know what? That's a great idea. Uh, and then so he created Miles Morales. Miles became this amazing character. Um, and then and then uh, years later, uh, into the Spider Verse became a smash box office hit and and not only that ironically enough donald glover becomes prowler which is miles's uncle yes so it like comes full circle yeah so cool so cool but yeah let's go back to community uh that's a great show and uh uh so how do you how are you enjoying it so far i'm on season six after watching it for like a week and a half hell yeah <laughs> um there's only six seasons right and uh the first three are like 22 to 23 episodes each and then the last three are like 13 episodes each and i found out through like random research that between season four and five there was like a huge gap in time of coming out but it's a great show um honestly the only reason why i wanted to watch it in the beginning was um because of Donald Glover, uh Senor Chang. Yeah, Senor Chang. And um the lady that plays Helen in Drake and Josh. Yes. Oh my god. Um jeez. Okay, you know what? We what need to give name? credit where credit is due. We kept we keep oh I keep calling Senior Chang Senior Chang Senior Chang, but he has an actual name. Uh let me look this up. Did not do any of this research. I'm so sorry. Uh okay, so but Joe McHale as can- Jeff. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Jillian Jacobs as Britta, uh, Danny Pudi as Albed, Yvette Nicole Brown as Shirley, Allison Brie as yeah. Danny, uh, Donald Glover as Troy, Ken Jeong as Ben Chang, 
uh, Chevy Chase as Pierce, uh, and uh, Jim Rash as Craig. Yeah, so like I love how um, that uh, that that's Shirley, right? That that's the the lady. Yeah, character. Shirley. Yeah, you met Nicole Brown. She's she's amazing in Community. Like one of, one of my favorite. I mean, Drake and Josh was a part of like my like childhood oh, adolescence. So just to see her in another show was like, of course I'm gonna watch yeah. this. Oh my god, that makes me feel old because like Drake and Josh, like what's his name? Uh, which one? Uh, um, Josh Peck is like already married, and then I think I think he's I think he's having a kid or, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Gosh, it's like, but I love Drake and Josh. That was such a good show. Um, Which is crazy because to me, Josh Peck was like some random kid on the Amanda show. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's all part of that extended universe where like it was it was all that, and then the Amanda show, and then and then they get their own show, and then um, oh the girl, the, the little sister, the same girl from School of Rock, uh, Miranda Crossgove, she gets her own show like iCarly. Um, and then I think there, I think there's another show spin off, spun off of that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Sam and Cat. Sam and Cat. Which, which is also a spin off of Victorious. That's right. <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, Fuck the Marvel universe. We're talking the Nickelodeon universe. No, come on. We need. We, we need a Nickelodeon cinematic universe. I want Arnold. I want Rocco. I want Rugrats. I want I want the entire cast of all that. Bring back Keenan and Thompson. Bring back Good Burger. And they have to fight somebody. <laughs> Andy, we're back at it again. We're making another film franchise. <laughs> Why does it always go back to this? Because this is what we do best, Chris. Create movie pitches. So speaking of movie pitches, I know this is that was a very forceful transition, but early on, about 20, 25 minutes ago, um, we did mention <laughs> we mentioned One Punch Man and Saitama, and I did not know this until like a week ago, but apparently Sony bought the rights to try to adapt a One Punch Man live action adaptation, and they're tapping the writers from the original Venom movie to write the script. Full disclaimer, I love Tom Hardy. Uh, I love him to death. I think he's great. Not just because of Mad Max, because I think he's a very legitimately talented and versatile actor. That being said, I I didn't watch Venom in theaters. I watched it on the airplane, and it was a very mediocre movie. Now, Now, mediocre is different from successful now it was a successful movie uh, it made a ton of money at the box office now mediocre though in terms of storytelling like it's just a very it's a very safe vanilla film it's it's i didn't think i, I didn't think it's the type of movie that broke new grounds or became like a really powerful cultural milestone like the avengers did or like the the joaquin phoenix joker it was just like okay it's like this is a summer blockbuster superhero film cool but i really don't think like my first choice for a one punch man film is definitely not the the uh the venom team in my mind you know one punch man is always a deliberate satire of shonen and superhero tropes and it's very it's very tongue-in-cheek it makes fun of like all these other tropes of all these other tropes so in that regard like i felt like like someone like james gunn or tim miller from like the original deadpool or even taika watiti something with like someone with like a really weird quirky sense of humor and like a really like off kilter left field way of thinking and looking at things i think that's the most more appropriate choice for a one punch man live action film if 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 it's gonna happen at least get it tap one of those guys i don't think the venom writers are the strongest choice that's my that's my soapbox that's my hot take i'm sorry andy what are your thoughts on it i I kind of agree um i actually enjoyed the venom movie regardless of how vanilla it is um it leads to more exploration in the spider-man universe spider-man's my all-time favorite marvel superhero i think there was 
I think the problem with the Venom movie was, and people could say I was wrong, um, wrong about this because, uh, I'll talk about it in a second, but I think you cannot properly do Venom without Spider-Man. Um, which is, which is crazy because people can say, well, they successfully did Joker without Batman, but there's two very different things about, like, Joker and Venom. Joker has mystery behind him. Nobody knows really anything about the Joker. The Joker is probably DC's most successful villain with nothing behind him. Besides, like, little stories that come out here and there. But besides that, you don't know anything about his past. You don't know anything about uh, future-wise or who he is or what he did before he was Joker, which is all still, like, kind of up in the air. Whereas Venom has this cold, hard backstory of he he wanted to be a journalist and Peter Parker fucked him over and he got mad and he got the Venom symbiote after Spider-Man gave it up, which gave Venom most of his powers. Another thing I think they messed up on, but I'll enjoy it for the second movie, is having Carnage as the villain. Because Carnage is the first spawn of Venom. So. In the Venom movie, I think it was right that that was the main villain, quote-unquote, and it wasn't a spawn of Venom. I think it was like a separate symbiote, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was like a second symbiote that came from the fucking comet shit trying to see like yeah it was riot yeah yeah because I, I know they're they're making a big deal for the the second movie they, that they, they announced uh which is called like venom 2 let there be carnage uh so uh, what's his name woody harrelson's gonna play uh oh love it yeah so yeah i think it's a great he's a great actor um and then obviously i think that's a smart play because carnage is also another big fan favorite so Andy, like I, I'm not, I'm not like the foremost expert on Spidey. So in the comics canon, are Venom and Carnage are they like at each other's throats? I mean, obviously they they hate Spider Man, but like I don't know if they have a beef with each other. Yeah. So Venom, Venom and Carnage are always like fighting. I think they work together a few times to try to beat Spider Man. Doesn't pan out. Whatever. But uh, most of the time, Carnage is just psychotic and will try to kill anyone that gets in his way. I thoroughly enjoy that about Carnage. I think uh, Cletus Cassidy is very interesting. And I love that Woody Harrelson is going to play Cletus Cassidy in a movie. I'm, I'm just excited for that movie, period. Mainly because of Carnage. So I'm not sure... Where uh how COVID twenty nine or I'm sorry I don't know how uh COVID nineteen is affecting the release date like it looks like it's still on track for June twenty twenty one um oh this is a surprise I didn't know um apparently Aaron, Andy Circus is directing it wow could also be it could also be that um a majority of the movie was recorded already and not put together or put together and just waiting for its release date which usually happens with movies yeah true facts um so okay i want to ask you a question so so not that long ago uh sony and dc sony and disney had a beef uh like two divorced parents they were trying to fight over you know the precious tom holland and the future of spidey in movies now I think for now the vet, the second Venom movie is still gonna be part of their Sony lineup. But um, do you think, however remote the possibility is, do you think there's a chance that Tom Holland Spidey will show up in like a post credit scene for Venom two? I think if Spider Man pops up or Tom Holland pops up at any point in that movie, that means that Disney has touched that movie with their writers. And influence the way that the movie goes about 
which I'm not saying is a bad thing. (laughs) I feel like they need the Disney influence a little bit, regardless if it's actors or writers. I think it could do the movie very good, and they could probably benefit a lot from it. But if that's the case, then it winds up being an MCU movie. So who knows? I don't know. Uh, well, actually, okay. Well, I, I stand corrected. Look, look. I'm looking. I'm looking here. It looks like Marvel Entertainment is getting production credits alongside Columbia Pictures. Sony. So, hmm. I, I, I want, I'm really curious how much involvement Marvel Entertainment will have in this film. I mean, I mean, obviously these are Marvel characters, but like, uh, this is primarily a Sony flagship movie. The first film, the first one, definitely, it's built in like a de- deliberately different deliberately different timeline or and setting uh feels very different from a marvel film but i don't know if that's gonna be the same for the sequel because i i think sony i I think however loath sony is to admit it like marvel definitely in the last you know half a year or half decade have done so much good with the character for the big screen i mean sony's really trying to put on the what is it the sony sony something oh the uh sony pictures uh, universe of marvel characters yeah yeah so they already have the, the title that's way too fucking yeah, long just give it, give it something snappy. It's, <laughs> it's basically all spider-man characters it's silver sable yeah black cat sinister six venom morbius so for that just call it the spider-man universe <laughs> Uh, the Sony Spider-Man universe. The Sony Spider-Man. And, I mean, it, it's not connected to it. Or it could be. Who knows? Because it's the multiverse. But, like, Sony has under their belt, you know, into the Spider-Verse. And we need a sequel. Give me Penny Parker. Give me Spider-Man. Give me two giant mechs. And <laughs> those cowards. I want them to show a giant Spider-Mech on the big screen. I think Endgame is a good gateway of moving Venom to the MCU and moving any Sony um, Sony Marvel Universe character to the MCU. Because they just explain it away like Tommy Wami wibbly wobbly BS and stuff. Um, and they I mean I the Marvel Marvel's- Yeah, you know, with the with the snap, we didn't just kill Thanos, we merged worlds and like Oh, okay. I could believe that. Yeah, at the time, like Mysterio's like, ah, but I was just kidding. But what if Mysterio was right? <laughs> yeah, uh, Mysterio said he was from a different Earth. God, that that movie was really good. Or Far From Home. Sorry. That movie was really good. I love that. The, what's his name? The, the night, the night monkey. I also loved Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Yeah, he made a really good villain, like a very convincing I didn't, villain. I was very iffy about it up until i saw the movie and i was like this is fucking excellent yeah and of course they, <laughs> and they, they brought back uh, Jay him and tom Jameson. holland's him and tom holland's bromance yes yes <laughs> that's another thing we got the original jameson so why not just move the sony yeah and, and it ended on such a major cliffhanger like, like sp- uh, spoilers if you made it into this episode spoilers uh yeah Everyone knows who Peter Parker Spider-Man is because uh, they uh, J. Jonah Jameson's now like this kind of Breitbart slash far-right conspiracy theorist kind of YouTube personality. Uh, and he's like, ah, oh, Spider-Man's actually Peter Parker. And then Peter Parker's like, just when Peter Parker thought everything was getting his life together, everyone knows. And we can't- This is a little bit of a tangent, but what do you think's going to happen in the third movie? Now that now that everyone knows, this is uncharted water. We have never had oh, two back to back Spider Man movies that were really good. Yes, and have a third one. This could break the curse. That was really good. Follow. This could break the curse. Um, because the original Spider Man one and two were great, but three was not so great. Oh, jeez. Um, okay. And people didn't like Amazing Spider Man two. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I think Andrew Garfield. He was he made it for a pretty good Spidey, but I think Tom Holland is great because he he captures like both like the. I always said, yeah, I always said that Tobey Maguire captured 
Peter Parker, yeah. but not Spider-Man. Tom Holland, uh, not Tom Andrew Holland, Garfield. Andrew Garfield captured Spider-Man the, the, the and quippy, Peter. Uh, the quippy, like, Spidey persona, yeah. Yeah, and Tom Holland just does an amazing job. Yeah, Tom Holland, he's the perfect, he's he's the fusion. <laughs> they did the fusion dance. He's, um, and got younger. <laughs> got younger. <laughs> they did the fusion dance and they, he did, the, he wished himself younger, or Emperor Pilaf did somewhere out there. Spider-Man Sp- GT. Spider-Man. <laughs> Welcome to the Grand Tour, Grand Tour. <laughs> okay, all right, we're going to put a pin in that. We're going to we're going we're gonna to revive Dragon Chat and we're going to make Spider-Man GT. It's going to it's going to happen. <laughs> um anyway, so Spider-Man 3, I don't know what's the plot hook right now. All my all that's going into my brain right now is we have to get Michael Keaton back. Reprises as the Vulture. I would love to see like a sort of Michael Keaton play like a sort of like Hannibal Lecter kind of mentor role where like Peter's out, Peter's on the run. uh, And for some reason, because of this outing and because of the events of uh, Far From Home where Tony Stark, you know, gave him like access to gave this kid access to a crazy weapons AI system. So maybe like Shield or the government like take that away from him somehow, and and now he's branded as he, maybe Spidey's on the run or on the lamb. There's gonna be like this one scene like straight out of the sides of the lambs where, uh, for some like Peter has to get advice, uh, and maybe like all the adventures are like doing other adventure shit. And he ha- he has no one else to turn to. Maybe Happy Hogan is on lockdown. Aunt May's on surveillance, and then he goes. To the one source that he would never consider. And he goes to Michael Keaton. He goes to uh, Mr. Vulture and asks him his advice. Because at the end of the day, the Vulture knows who Peter is. But but the Vulture didn't reveal uh, his identity to everyone at the time. So maybe... So I, would, I want this great, tense, one-on-one scene between Peter Parker and Michael Keaton. What was, what was the secret ending to... Not the secret ending. The, the, the after credits scene. for Homecoming. I think it was it was this, it was a prison scene where so, uh, the vulture Michael Keaton is in prison, um, and then someone approaches him, and he has like a scorpion tattoo, so it's implied to be the scorpion. Um, right, right. And then he, and was, he ta- was like, "You know who Spider Man is." Yeah, and Michael Keaton's like, "Yeah, shut up." <laughs> okay, so here's my theory. I think that there's. This gives the perfect scenario to introduce Green Goblin. Okay, okay. Well, before that, who would you cast as Green Goblin? Come on. Come on. Come on. Defoe. Defoe. Yeah, man. Defoe. Bring, bring back to Defoe. <laughs> we got J. Jonah Jameson back. Why can't we get Defoe Goblin? Yeah, it's a, bra- it's a, it's a whole new universe, baby. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole new world. Yes. Oh, okay. Willem Defoe is back. I like it. And, yeah, I think he's going to go after Peter, and I don't know. I feel like something's going to happen with Vulture, Scorpion, and who else can we get? What happened to Mysterio? Oh, he, I think it was in, I think it was in, oh, no, he, I think he died. But then he had his, his life insurance policy was releasing this video where, like, Spider-Man killed me. And Spider-Man is actually Peter Parker or something like that. And uh, uh, if I remember correctly, because um, they were trying to frame um, Peter for the death of Mysterio, who is still, I think, was still at the end of Homecoming. Oh, Far From Home. It's Mysterio was largely in the public eye. He was still seen as a hero. I'm I'm just going to go on a hunch here and say Mysterio is not dead and they want to mislead us. Mm-hmm. Classic Mysterio. Um, yeah, that's just what Mysterio does. He fakes things all the time. So why not his death? And just release Spider-Man's information for fun. So I'm going to say Mysterio's involved in this movie too. And that leaves us two off from the Sinister Six. <laughs> I mean, are, are we just making like a backdoor Sinister Six movie? Uh, God, I'm forcing it. <laughs> no, I just really want Green Goblin. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, Green Goblin. If we could get Willem Dafoe, 
That'd be amazing. Okay, so how how does how does Green Goblin Norman Osborn fit into the picture? Like, does Norman Osborn like help clear Peter's name, but has an ulterior motive? Like, oh, this kid has access to Stark technology. Uh, I'm gonna mose my way in as the new dad, and then I'm gonna steal all his secrets because I want that Stark technology. That's actually not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Cause like, uh, cause, <gasps> cause like, what if we get? Oh my god! Oh, this, okay, this is so mind fucking to do me. Do it. Do it. All right. What if we get James Franco as Norman Osborn and Dave Franco as Harry Osborn? Oh, oh no! <laughs> That's brilliant. That would be amazing. I just. Don't want any of those creepy ass faces James Franco makes in the in the second movie or third movie. He makes weird faces throughout all of yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, I would take James Franco over. I mean, okay, well, well, I love Dane DeHaan. I thought I, I like him as an actor. I love him in Chronicle. Did not like his Harry Osborn, and I I think Amazing Spider Man really jumped the shark by giving him so, such a weird transformation where like he. Like had like literal fangs and like literal goblin ears, and he looked like like a de- like a half deformed love child between a a, a Lord of the Rings orakai and a human. I thought that was very strange. well. The whole that whole movie premises was radioactive blank DNA mixed with human. So Spider Man got the radioactive spider lizard. Got lizard DNA. Goblin got goblin DNA. Yes, goblins exist. Question mark? This is this is <laughs> this is uh Will Smith's bright, but in Spider Man. But I feel like if if goblins existed, then Goblin Slayer would have been in that movie and, and then, that would have just made everything a mess. It's just it's, it's too too many cooks <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> okay. Alright, well let's get back on track. Okay, so we have we have Goblin. We got we got uh, uh, Vulture and we got Mysterio. Um, may, maybe we should include Scorpion because Scorpion was already introduced in that post credit scene. I I know there's like a separate uh, movie coming out in Sony, but you know you know what the thing about Peter Peter can never be happy. Um, Peter Peter's always like he always has he like the great thing about Peter is or and the great thing about Spider Man general. Is he's like a, he's a superhero with all the normal like everyday problems of being you know a young adult, a young teenager. So like you gotta worry about b- rent and bills and relationships and oh no, I need to worry about Aunt May and uh, I I need to and you know help and all that stuff. So you're right when I have a question. Right, yes, what if so we do introduce Green Goblin in this movie? Yes. And we also introduce, while Spider-Man's on the run, we introduce Miles. Yes. And Get a proper Miles, Miles Morales on screen. Miles could be the out to Peter being Spider-Man by Miles showing up in Spider-Man's suit while Peter's getting the shit kicked out of him by Green Goblin. Yo, hell Yeah. Oh my god, that, that's so good! And then at the end, at, at the end, uh, Peter dons like, 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 like. Okay, okay. So Miles, so Miles. Fuck that! No, at the end, we're gonna have, we're gonna have Shield basically give him a Spider-Man yes, suit. Yes, Nick Fury. <laughs> Nick Fury shows up. It's like, uh, heavy Miles, Miles Morales. Do you know who the fuck I am? Uh, uh, a really scary man with an eye patch. Yes. But I'm also motherfucking Nick Fury, and have you heard of the Avengers Initiative? <laughs> and he just gives, gives him a Miles Morales suit, um, and in the, the end, happy like Happy Hogan like breaks out uh, like out of some supermax prison by the government, uh, goes on this harrowing car car, car chase scene, uh, and the end. Uh, Peter's about to face off, or he Peter's about to face Goblin. Happy Hogan stops him, gives him like a a really heart to heart surrogate father to son kind of speech. As hey, 
don't forget this. And he opens up the briefcase. It's his suit. Uh, and then, uh, and uh, Happy Hogan's like, also, I brought backup. And then, uh, and, and, like, out of out of the shadows, because, like, Miles Morales could turn invisible, he he, he, he turns visible. Miles and, and Miles and Peter team up to fight Green Goblin. Yes. It's beautiful. <laughs> and this is all set up because of Donald Glover's cameo in the first movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's all connected. Ah. What I was going to say is like uh, before that all that we should keep all that too. Also, just because Peter's Peter's regular life is on the lamb, his love life is on the lamb because while on the run, he meets um Oh, what's her name? Uh, Felicia Hardy? Uh, no, Felicia. Oh, God. Who, the Black yeah, Cat. Felicia. Black Cat. He meets Black Cat. Felicia Hardy. Yeah. She meet, he meets Felicia Hardy, uh, and he's torn between MJ and Felicia, and, uh, and it's kind of like a, a Batman hush kind of thing, where Peter and Felicia know each other uh, in real life, and Black Cat and Spidey also, they also have like a, a brief flame. They, they fight crime together, uh, and now Peter's torn between... Felicia, Black Cat, and MJ. Who do I choose? <laughs> Where does my heart belong? Just, just to make things a little, little bit more tougher for, for Peter. So we're pitching that Black Cat is also in this movie. <laughs> or, or that's too much post credit scene. Because why not? And this movie's, movie's dynamite. <laughs> I feel like I say this every episode, but Marvel, Marvel. Hire, hire us. Hire us, please. Listen to this podcast. Give it that... S- sponsor money so we can be part of your writer's room i feel like the marvel writer's room is probably like so well organized and then me and you will come in no fuck that we're doing this <laughs> we just we just uh, they, they just walk in there's just there's like these canvases and blankets all over the walls they're like what what are these and then we rip them off and it's just like uh whiteboards and corkboards and like newspaper clippings and, and scratchings on glass it's just like it looks like a serious killer's room which is with all these notes and, and arrows and dots and yes and then then marvel is gonna be like what the hell is this this is why goblin slayer should be in the mcu i got you okay roll with me and we and we we take it away and it's like introducing the special pitch willem dafoe and willem dafoe skype calls in it's like guys listen to me listen to them these guys are great they have my blessing peace out (laughs) 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 um and i i also want to say we're an hour into this episode. We were supposed to talk about <laughs> Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy VII Remake, and we didn't get to any of it. I'm having so much fun talking about Spidey. So we should... <laughs> what should we do, Andy? Uh, we should probably just end the episode here, and then we'll get to those subjects <laughs> yeah. next time, next not week. in a month from now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, you know, let's, we'll, we'll talk about this off-air. We'll set a hard date. We'll have maybe another week or another two weeks to play Animal Crossing FF7. And we'll have... We'll have Especially that me and you haven't finished Final Fantasy VII yet. This is true. So. Like, uh, I play... Uh, you're, like, in Chapter 7. I'm in Chapter 5. I, I, I had my copy of Remake for, like, two weeks. Such sacrilege that I haven't played it until now. It's just that busy, but... I was up until like four thirty-five in the morning playing F Seven Remake, and I have so many thoughts. So we'll we'll put a pin in it. We'll talk about it uh, on the on the next episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening to this craziness that became a Spider-Man three pitch. <laughs> uh, Marvel at us, Sony at us. We got we we need to talk shop right now. We talked about how they could bring the Sony universe into the MCU. We talked about the Carnage, not the Carnage, the, the Venom, Venom sequel, sequel yeah. and a bunch of other shit that I cannot remember right it was now. A blur. We talked about Saitama. <laughs> we talked about Resident Evil. You know what? No, you know, Nemesis. Nemesis should be, should be part <laughs> of the Sinister Six. Parker! Starts firing minigun at <laughs> Peter. I feel like now this is a pitch for not Marvel, but um, what's his name that wrote the Resident Evil movies? 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So the the writer and the director architect of these Resident Evil movies is Paul W S Anderson. Um, yeah, and uh, he's great because oh, I know this is a really random tangent. I know we're supposed to close that episode, but like two weeks ago or three weeks, it was like two weeks ago at least. So Nether Realm Studios, the the current publisher who's doing all the Mortal Kombat games, they hosted a Twitter watch party for the original Mortal Kombat live action film, uh, which is still amazing. That's on Netflix. And that film was directed by Paul, which kind of kicked off his career for doing like these crazy like genre films. Like he's done like Event Horizon, Alien vs. Predator, Death Race, uh, and of course, like the Resident Evil movies. So I also didn't know that he wrote and directed Monster Hunter. Seriously? Wait, wow. The Monster Hunter movie. Wow, wait, that, that's still that also out. that's yeah. Wild. Okay. Twenty twenty. September fourth is expected. But also Mila Jovovich is leading lady on this. Of course. Which um I should have guessed. Uh actually oh uh, well I mean that makes a lot of sense. I mean say what you will about Hollywood nepotism, but Anderson and Mila, they're married and they have three kids together. Um but yeah, I mean I I, I love Mila. Uh I love her just as much as I love like Charlize Theron. She's just like a badass leading lady, so whatever more movies she wants to be in, just give her just give her all the movies. It's fine. Not just uh, Paul W.S. Anderson's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Give her all the movies. Great. I'm sorry, Andrew. I know we tried to close out the episode. We, we just added on 10 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do. So bad. I love it. Thank you guys for listening. You can check us out on SoundCloud, Stitcher. Just Google us. Apparently, you'll find our Warhammer episode. And wonderful with, with our friend Zach. <laughs> and wonderful. Um, you could tweet at us at Super Nerd Pals. You could tweet at me at Sweet Justice One. You could tweet at me at Kyo Ninja for Hire and uh, join our bustling community on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Super Nerd Pals, where we post great news and memes. Um, and we have a great community, so you should uh, join us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and as always, thanks for listening. And uh, stay tuned next week or next or next episode. We're gonna talk about Animal Crossing. And Final Fantasy VII Remake. And eventually, we're going to talk about how Isabelle's going to show up in, like, Megar and how she saves the day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Peace out, Cub Scouts. And uh, we'll see you next time. Later.